Hey, you are now listening to the Graceway Podcast. Let's talk. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this podcast. Let's talk. My name is Jeff Adams. I have been absent without leave for the last couple of weeks, so it's good to be home. And uh, wow, if, if you're new to this podcast, by the way, I, I want to welcome you. Uh, we enjoy this. I hope that you do, <laughs> whether or not you've got a chance to kind of listen behind the scenes. And uh, just a reminder, if you've not done so already, uh, please subscribe to this wherever you get your podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever. I'm sure I'm missing some things, but uh, that way we can let you know whenever a new episode comes out, typically on Tuesdays every every week. And uh, so here I am with pa- Pastor Todd Gentleman today, who filled in for Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim has also been traveling for yes. the last couple of weeks and uh, home today, but exhausted. Yes. And since I didn't have to work as hard as you did this morning, that's why I could be here. <laughs> so Pastor Todd, wow, uh, I, I just uh, was really fed this morning mm. and I was really amazed. Now what you did, and for those of you just joining the podcast, uh, we're going through at Graceway the entire Bible in a year. Yes. So what that means is your assignment today was to take the entire book of Judges. Yes. And in in a period of about thirty five minutes, break it down, change our lives. So, <laughs> and and you came up with uh, this great theme, which don't forget the process when you get to the promise. Yes. Now, what I would like for you to explain to me and to our viewers today. Give us the backstory. How in the world you take a book, which is not the longest book in the Bible, but yeah. it's substantial. Sure. It's, it's not like one of those one chapter books in the, you know, Minor Prophets or right. something. First or Second John. How, how did you come up with this? Kind of take us through your thought process. Yeah. So what was nice was it was nice to have the opportunity to, to preach last week and, and walk into Judges having just preached Joshua. And so um, I think one of the things you, you kind of narrow in on a section of text that kind of gives you a, a jumping off place for the whole book. And so, okay, can I get a central text that tells about where we're coming from and where we're going uh, and kind of just begin there? So you camped out in chapter two. Chapter two is where we, <laughs> where we stuck because uh, it kind of gave us a good bridge from Joshua and it allows us to kind of speak to the rest of judges without having to get, you know, go for an hour and a half preaching through all the, the details, kind of have like a survey. And when you book. get into the last part of judges, it gets very messy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll stay towards the front yeah. end a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and Pastor Tim will be back and, then, <laughs> and uh, he, can, he can give it a, a good old college try, you know? Wow. Yeah, but I, yeah, I was just very encouraged how you did that. You used a phrase up front that, uh, again, it's kind of a summary of both Judges and Joshua. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see this great time of victory in Israel. Yes. After 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, Joshua comes along, leads them into that. But uh, the phrase that you used very early on in your message was generational forgetfulness. Yeah. And I just, I, I love that phrase. And I think that really captures the essence of Judges. Right. T- tell us about how you chose that phrase, what you're uh, seeing. Well, there. I think um, what stuck out when I was looking at it's pretty obvious and it makes it very clear like this next generation doesn't do what their fathers did. Mm -hmm. And so there's this difference of a generation. Um, And I've always grew up hearing about like the Joshua generation preached Mm -hmm. about. Uh, I think now kind of fully understanding why 
that generation was so important because of what they were able to accomplish and how they honored God for all the days of their life. Um, and so the, the stark difference between who's coming out of Joshua and who's entering into the, ju- the judges season is so profound. And I just started thinking like, man, we do this. Yeah. You know, you see, um, you see wealthy people whose children grow up in privilege with no idea how to maintain the wealth that's being transferred to them. You see generational forgetfulness, right? You see, um, you know, even in, in families when stories get forgotten or, um, you know, I come from, you know, grandparents who had nothing, uh, and, and parents who, um, built a life. Um, and then I was the first person in my family to go to college. And so you see, but if you don't take time to really consider what you've come from, those things just kind of fall to the wayside and you almost assume that you're standing where you're at because of you. And it seems to me like we we see that in society overall. You know, we're just coming out of a couple of years of pandemic. Yeah. And even though I've been around for quite a while, I've never been through a real pandemic before. But yet when things got started, all the fear and complaining about vaccinations and whatnot, and and if you're an anti-vaxxer, that's fine. That's everybody's decision and privilege. But yet I can remember as a kid growing up, everybody's afraid they're going to die of polio. And I can remember lining up in, in school gymnasiums to take a little sugar cube that uh, that had this vaccination mm-hmm. against polio. Wow. And everybody's like, yeah, could I have two? <laughs> yeah. Because there was such fear. And, and I'm old enough that uh, you're younger than, than my kids, okay? So mm-hmm. I've been around a while, and I'm, I'm hearing all this like, we've been here before. Mm. And then people would say, oh, we're going to have to get a, a vaccination passport or something to mm-hmm. that nature. And of course that's now coming true, but I'm old enough, I can remember living in other countries and traveling a lot around the world. I, I had a little yellow international uh, vaccination card wow. that I had to carry in my briefcase at all times because you could not get from here to there without it. Wow. So the point is, this is nothing new. No. It's just that we've forgotten that we've been down this road before. Yeah, and you know, we and we suffer from like, you know, the tyranny, tyranny of the urgent, like whatever's next is where our mind goes to. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so, um, and we almost shame people when you say like, why well, live through this? Like people that are like, we're on to the next thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't need to, I don't have time to hear about before. And it's like, we see the value of transferring our transformation and saying, Hey, this is what I've been through. You know, don't, you don't have to learn everything on your own or learn it the hard way, but there's actually benefit and in, in, in going against generational forgetfulness and saying, like, no, no, I want to honor generations before me. I want to learn from that and draw wisdom from who's come before me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, one of the other things you said today that caught my attention, you were talking about, you took us through the, the process that we have to go through to live the promise. Yes. You gave us some four steps there. And then you said, okay, here are a couple of things to remember the process. Yes. And number one, you said, share your life with your legacy. Mm-hmm. And, and you get some illustrations about the thing we're talking about right now for older dudes like me mm-hmm. to be able to say, look, these are some of the things I've been through. Mm-hmm. When, when I was your age, people would talk about living through the depression yes. and, and all of this. Those people are mostly gone now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I'm the guy that says, remember polio vaccines and yeah. yellow immigration cards. So that's great news for people like me. Okay. I need to share that. Yeah. You're the young adult pastor. 
So yeah. how does somebody in their 20s, for example, how do they process that? How do they share their legacy? Yeah. How, how do they share or, their legacy? Or should they, should they just be focused on receiving from the older generation? Yeah, I think, I think that I, when you were talking about that, I was thinking, oh, I, you know, we didn't mention receiving, uh, you know, the legacy, the, the, yeah. the wisdom, you know? And I think, so I think one for young adults is like, hey, you need to honor people who have come before you. You don't know everything. You haven't been everywhere. Um, and you need to listen yeah. more than you talk um, and celebrate what's come before you. Um, but I, I think that also, no matter where you're at, you have a story to tell. Yeah. And I think that um, you could be 19 years old, have, I know some 19 year olds that have lived a lot of life, mm. that have been through a whole mm -hmm. lot of mess. And got some wisdom. And have some wisdom. Yeah. Um, and so you may not share that with somebody who's five times your age, but you can find somebody, a little brother, someone to encourage. I think that we, we, um, we lift as we climb. Mm. You know, as as you're growing, as you're taking that next step, you're that far ahead of whoever's behind you. Yeah. And so you don't need to have people don't even people don't want the product. They want the process. Yeah. And so they don't want your finished product. They want to know, like, talk to, help me understand how you got to where you are. Yeah. Like, that's great that you are there. Yeah. But that doesn't help me where I'm at. <laughs> what, right. are, what are the principles I need to know? What are the experiences you have? What are the, the stories of growth and those kind of things? What tell me the mistakes you made. Yeah, you know, I I really I mentioned my dad in the message because my dad was very open with his mistakes. Yeah, I thought that was a great illustration. Yeah, and I and um, I know some you know some folks weren't blessed to have a, a dad present in their lives, mm -hmm. and um, and but God's your father, mm -hmm. and I and I like to speak as okay, we'll take it from someone who has experienced that. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have it, you get to be that for who's next. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can end those generational cycles by saying, I'm gonna be the one who doesn't shield my kids from my own mistakes, thinking that shielding them makes them better. Hmm. Like I wanna expose you know, my weaknesses. So Show the younger how generation has to receive that. Yes, so you gotta, yeah, yeah. Like, people have to be willing to receive because, and you have to know how to share without instructing. Well, <laughs> it, it, that's exactly what I was thinking as I'm listening to you is for the younger generation, part of finding the right answer is asking the right question. Mm -hmm. You know, any great discovery is, is not really that. It's that you finally asked the right question yes. that led to the discovery. But I think for people in my generation, I think we, we have a flaw as well because it seems like the older we get, our tendency is to sit around, judge, and gripe, and complain. And, and that turns off a younger generation. Sure. They don't want to, well, I don't have anything to learn from you. Yeah, and, and younger generations don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. So it's like, don't tell Walk what to do. Walk me through the process. Help me, tell me, how, help me know how to think. Yeah, yeah, so there like, you go. So it's like, yeah, and, and, and also, don't be discouraged when they don't do what you said. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes, like, watch, well, I, I, I wouldn't have told you then if you're not going to listen. Yeah. It's like, well, you, they may not find out for a decade what you really meant by what you said. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. And uh, you went into that this morning when you gave the illustration of a kid falling down the stairs, and our tendency is to say, I've told you that. I told you you wouldn't, should have done that. Yeah, and, and it's, that's not how God treats us. Right. And so I was really struck by that of like, so the, the phrase was, uh, God hears our cries even when, when we're the cause. Yeah. And I was, it just struck me that it very clearly just says, hey, they didn't listen to the judges they wouldn't get rid of their stubborn ways, but God heard their cries and showed pity on them. He did. I'm like, man, 
I don't treat people like that. <laughs> Even the people closest to me, I'm like, yeah. told you you shouldn't have. You know, I, I, um, and so God <laughs> was crazy. God's always right, so he doesn't need to prove that he's right. It feels like he's like... <laughs> He, he, he's always right. We want to be, we want to remind people how right we were. Right. And God's just like, no, I'll show mercy to you. Yeah. And even though I told you, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, one of the things I love about your preaching is you're, you're always looking for illustrations or props or whatever it yes. is to make the message clear. And this morning you asked Pastor Tim to bring up this, this crazy illustration yeah. of, of cycles. Yes. Yeah. And, and just briefly, and, and if you haven't heard the message, please go back and listen to it, but kind of review that with us. Yeah, so in the, well, the whole book of Judges is just the mess of our cycles of disobedience. Yeah. Um, and I think you can, you know, either one, you read Judges, you can pull out like how frustrated you are with the people of God for never getting it right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you can feel self-righteous, or you can see yourself in their cycle and feel condemned mm -hmm. um but it's like you know god he he mentions i'm leaving the enemies around there to test them because he wants to strengthen their faith if they'll just turn to him mm -hmm. um and i have you know if, i have to believe that if they turned he would depose he would get rid of the enemies mm -hmm. but they don't they keep they lean further in to uh their wickedness and so I just read that. I was like, man, we have these cycles. Like, we're no better than Israel. Mm -hmm. Like, we are the people of God, <laughs> and we have cycles. And God's saying, hey, if you would just, if you reach out to me, I'll, I'm going to elevate you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to come, but we, the story of Scripture is we come back to the, right. the brokenness. And so instead of allowing those things to condemn us, because we know there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when we get back to those things and the devil wants to use them to shame us, Say, no, 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 Jesus died for the shame. Yeah. So I get to reach up in this cycle and every rung is like I'm climbing closer and closer to who God wants me to be. So that the picture of like, we view cycles as just a circle. Yeah. But God views it as a, a, a spring or a coil that's, that's bringing us closer and closer. Every time we come around, we reach up and he gets us closer to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I, I actually use that in uh, what I do currently as a facilitator of a life plan process. And we talk about gaining perspective. Yes. And the way you gain perspective is you do laps around something, mm. but you're continually going up until you get on the top of the mountain. And once you get to the top, you then you have perspective. Mm. Then you can see the next mountain. Yes. And uh, yes, I, I love the illustration that you took us going up. You're a biblically, theologically educated guy, and you know that most of the commentators on Judges talk about these, these seven cycles of sin. Yes. But it, and and they, they keep getting worse. Yes. But I love the fact that you could turn that on his head and say, no, wait. Yeah, we're going to be cycling. That's part of human experience. Yes. But let's reach up. And it, and it depends your response to the struggle. Absolutely. So you see in verse 6 of chapter 3, they decide to intermarry with their oppressors. Yeah. So they part, I said, you partner with the predator. Yeah. And it's like, or. <laughs> what are you doing? Or, and, you know, and now because of Jesus, we have, we have some spiritual freedom in that to, we don't, we aren't enslaved to our sin anymore. Right. So we have the spiritual authority to say no. Right. And reach out to God in those moments. And he has a hold of us and pulls us up. Um, and, but those things 
are allowed to strengthen our faith, to develop us. Yeah, I was, I was talking to somebody not long ago going through some serious therapy, and uh, one of the illustrations that had helped this person is somebody had shared a, a graph of the U.S. stock market for okay. like the last hundred years. Okay. And as, as you know, it yes. looks like this. Yes. And you come to those things where you think, oh, this is terrible. We just hit rock button, bottom. Mm -hmm. Not nearly as rock bottom as it was three decades ago. Sure. And, and when this is over, then we go up even further. Yes. Yes, progressive. It, exactly. In a snapshot, things could look terrible. Yeah. But when you get a panoramic view, you, re you see the mercy of God, you see the hand of God, and you see the progress that you're actually accomplishing. Right. And so, you know, for any one moment of your life, somebody could say, oh man, Pastor Jeff is really down and out. But you don't know 20 years ago, <laughs> the progress has been made. Yeah. So if you zoom in, yeah, it may look bad in the moment, but if you zoom out and see where you were and where you are, you'd be amazed at the progress you can make. Yeah, that's the way I kind of feel about the whole uh, series that uh, you and Pastor Tim have been doing, taking us through the Bible, mm -hmm. is because it is very intentionally a macro view rather yes. than a micro view. Yes. And there's a time for a micro view. Sure. But uh, it, it's very refreshing yeah. uh, to see that micro view. I love the story about your nine-year-old daughter. That was, that was just powerful at the end. Uh, that jumped out to me this week. We were, uh, my wife and I got a chance to get uh, some away from the kids' time. And we were just thinking about, you know, the past few months, the things God's done, how he's answered prayer. We're just talking about those things and kind of celebrating what God's been doing in our lives. And uh, one of the most recent things was this new friendship that our daughter discovered in the neighborhood. And we've watched her kind of come alive. And the other girl um, who doesn't have siblings her own age or around her age, they're, all, they're like waiting for school to get over so they can get home, get on their bikes and go outside and just play till dinner time. Um, and we just were thanking the Lord for like, man, I can't believe that God just did this. He answered this prayer. And I started laughing because we were praying for a different family in a different house for God to provide there. Um, even though that family was already living six houses down, right? We just didn't know it. And I was, I, I told my wife, I go, I think that God answers our prayers while we're like, while we're still praying for them. Yeah. He's like, I, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm already working on it, and so that just like really jumped out to me. And I shared it with my with my daughter. Uh, I said, "Can you believe? Can you believe that God had already answered our prayer?" And it was so cool for her to see her face come alive. Yeah, and yeah. be like, "He did." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." He did. Sharing the legacy. Yeah. Yes, and um, you know, because we do 21 days here, right? Um, all of our kids have created their own post-it walls oh, in wow. their bedrooms of things they're praying for. And so we were able to go up and take that post-it post -it and move it to the answered side of her wall that what we had been praying for, for friends in the neighborhood, God had answered it. And it was just such a neat moment as a dad. Oh, that's so cool. Let, let me, I'm going to totally shift direction yeah. here. we got a, just a few minutes left. But uh, you were sharing this morning, which made me think of this, that you and your family, uh, you accepted the call to come to Graceway pretty much exactly when the great shutdown occurred. Yes. <laughs> what, what a wonderful time to move. And then you sense from that the struggle that your kids had, not only just moving to another city, mm -hmm. another school, all this type yeah. of stuff, but in the middle of a pandemic. Tell us a little bit, Pastor Todd, about your family, uh, how many kids you have, what you've come from to come here. Yeah. I think it'd be great for our viewers to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, so uh, my, I'm married to my wife, Juliet. Uh, we've been married for 13 years. And uh, we met at a concert in Nashville, dated long distance for eight and a half months, and got married. 
Um, and we have three kids. Our oldest, she's nine. Her name's Violet. Um, our, my son, Theo, he is seven. And then our youngest daughter, Alex, is four. Uh, and so we were previously living in St. Louis, living downtown um, in a neighborhood called the Academy neighborhood, um, kind of in the, the part of St. Louis that you don't go to. You don't, you don't <laughs> drive and visit uh, the Academy neighborhood. You stay away from it. And so we were uh, inner city church planters. And so we had planted uh, three churches over the course of about 12 years. Um, all in St. Louis? All in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, one on the south side of the city, uh, one across the river in Illinois, in the mm -hmm. Metro East side, and then one um, up north on the north side now, of the people city. People who don't know St. Louis need to understand th these were not in the rich suburbs. No, <laughs> the one in the, the one in Illinois was in a uh, was in a suburb. The one in South City uh, was urban, and so the one yeah. up north was um, okay. was urban as well. So um, we did that for a long time. Um, God really blessed it and blessed us in it. And when the pandemic happened. Um, having a um, a church full of young people who don't have jobs uh, or people who live in extreme poverty uh, just created a space that wasn't sustainable mm -hmm. um, during not just one shutdown for the city, but there were multiple times in, in the urban environment that things got shut down. Uh, and in that season, through different relationships, uh, a lot of confirmation and prayer, God provided us an opportunity for us to come. Uh, to Graceway, never in our lives have we considered leaving St. Louis. Uh, and then God made it very clear and opened up a lot of pathways. I really do feel like going through going through Joshua and seeing the different miracles that God did to get the people of God from where they were to where he was taking them. I'm like, oh, that, yeah, I saw God do those type of things to get us from St. Louis to here. And neither one of you are natives of St. Louis, right? I grew up... Um, about 45 minutes, almost an hour north of St. Louis, okay. out in the country. Uh, and my wife's from Dallas. Um, we met in Nashville, Tennessee. Like, so we're like kind of all over the map. Um, we love St. Louis, still do. We were just there for spring break. We love St. Louis, have a lot of our friends still there sure. and family. Um, and it's just incredible to how God makes ways for new seasons in our lives if we'll listen to him. Yeah. I think that was the big thing for us was there were all these cues coming up that God was up to something. I didn't know what it was. And I would call different friends, mentors, coaches, and say, hey, all this is happening. Should I just say no to all this and mm -hmm. keep moving? And almost everybody was saying, okay, well, maybe you should just ask God what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, we went through m a few months of just praying and fasting and asking God, hey, will you just get us to where we can hear you? <laughs> Not even like, what are you saying? Just yeah. when it, You're saying something. Just get us to where we can hear you. And when we hear you, let us just say yes. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of like, I think that's kind of painted the last few messages. It's just like, yeah. when, when God's speaking to you, there's the only response you have is yes. Yeah, it, exactly. Cause, and he never loses, as, no. as we heard today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's so great. And I appreciate you sharing that little bit about your background, Man. because I know a lot of people watch this podcast sure. and they, they hear you and hear Pastor Tim all the time and really sometimes don't know a lot about the background sure. because it's not just Graceway people, but there's people that watch this podcast literally all over the world. Yeah. And so I, I think that's really important. My wife and I were talking today and, and specifically about you and uh, just how much it seems like in the last, oh, say six months to a year, it feels like you're just 
coming into your own here. Mm. You, you came into the situation in about as bad a way as there could possibly yeah. be. <laughs> Talking to a camera to a bunch of people. Exactly, exactly. I've never met. You yeah, know. pastoring people you've never had a chance to meet yet. Yep. And uh, it just seems like you're feeling that comfort zone and settling in. And Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things I've been saying about Graceway to, you know, folks, very complimentary here, um, just very encouraging. And anytime someone says like, hey, there's a great message or, share, you know, I'm like, well, this is a great place to preach. <laughs> like, I, you know, yeah. I, I think a lot of times the people make the preacher. Yes. Like, if, if like you, most of the time, right? Yeah. Like if, if you're receiving the things that, um, that I feel like the Lord is trying to communicate, that empowers me to continue pouring my heart out. Yeah. Um, and it really, you know, it's a relationship. Like this is, I, I've learned from uh, some pastors that I follow that, you know, Pastor Tim says it too, like preaching is not a monologue. Yeah. Um, but it's not even a dialogue. It's the conversation between the Holy Spirit, uh, the Word of God, the preacher, and the, the congregation. It's this whole conversation happening. That, that is so great. Both you and Pastor Tim are, are experts at that. <laughs> and, and I enjoy that. I grew up in an age where in, in many churches that was frowned upon. You sure. had to be more solemn, sure. uh, you know, more modernistically intellectual and things like that. But and, that whole dialogue thing is so great. And I think, you know, I try to encourage some folks like, some people are note takers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if I see you taking notes furiously, it's like, hey, I, I hear that shout. Like when, yeah, you, when you're writing exactly. down. Like, I, like I, th we all engage differently. And, yes. And in different seasons. There are different seasons where the right. Lord gives different freedom, uh, restrains you in different ways. And so, um, but it, but if, if you're in, Graceway is a place that they want to hear from God. Yeah. That's a fun place to preach. And it gets, so uh, People say, oh, you got a lot of energy. I'm like, yeah, because it's mutual. Because of that. And you could hear the Holy Spirit bringing the congregation to a crescendo. Yes. And, and you realize as a preacher, they, they're getting it. They're getting yeah. it. And, and really, you know, one of the goals is to get, get the people of God um, by the, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, from their head to their heart. Yeah, yeah. And so when you, when you hear the eruption, when you hear the, just an acknowledgement, it's like, Okay, we're moving from information yeah. to transformation. Exactly, and that's where change is going to happen. Yes, because if we're just doing, if we're just doing this, so you can get some information, we're, that's not going to change your life. No, that's not. <laughs> not. It, so we're trying to let, let's you know emotion. It may not be the the lead car in yeah. faith, but it needs to be in there. That God's engaging. It needs it. to be on the train. Yes, somewhere. yeah. Well, Pastor Todd, it has been great, man. I, I, you know, I needed this. I've been, I've been gone for a couple of Sundays, so this was a real shot in the arm for me. And uh, thank you to all of our viewers for being with us on Let's Talk today. And just before we sign off, uh, please, if you've not yet subscribed, please do so wherever you get your podcast. And uh, we'll be back with you at the same time next week. Thanks for tuning into the Graceway Experience. Hope we can talk again sometime.